All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Friday, February 10th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, I mean, we don't get to to email right up top, but I think today for this episode, we should just get to one email because we got an email that specifically takes to task the fact that you no longer have been dropping the F-bomb in our openings anymore. We we had someone write us about this. I'm going to get right to that email. Uh, It is from wannabe old boy Paul in Auckland, New Zealand, all the way from across the pond in New Zealand, the land down under where they bring the thunder. Paul says this. He says, I quote, I'm writing to you to say that I miss Clayton dropping the F-bomb five seconds into every podcast. Seeing as you didn't mention Puss in Boots last episode other than the top five plow, I think we could say you've officially lost a few kids still listening. This is especially true as you filled the episode with details of octanagerian actors they would have never heard of and chat about ethical dilemmas in underperforming philosophical horror movies. Bring back the F-bomb. Many thanks from Wannabeo, Paul in Auckland, New Zealand, end quote. So, Clayton, people are missing the F-bomb up top. They're missing that that you don't spell it all out when you now say F it, we're doing it live. So, something to keep in consideration for the start of the next episode. I mean, how do you feel about that? People are, are missing the full profanity. Well, I mean, I do think uh, eventually we can go back to full profanity, but Puss in Boots is not finished. Mm-hmm. When it is finished and we have divvied up the millions for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, then I can go back to saying the full F word. Okay. Okay. So for now, we'll continue to F it, do it live, and and and, yeah. and keep it clean for the kids. So, so want to be oh. Boy, Paul from New Zealand, just deal with it a little longer. Last Wish mm-hmm. is still going strong, but it can't. Nothing lasts forever. Eventually, Last Wish will be gone. The kids will be gone. And Clayton could go back to the proper full profanity to start every episode. It will happen eventually. Yes. Now, Pat, I'm going to – F it is a raw feed. I'm going to yes. ask you a question because you're sounding a little weird on my end. Are you? Is your mic on? Yes, everything and it is, is. It is feeding into your system. Yes. Okay. Just sounded a little bit tinny and echoey, which it normally doesn't. Those that 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 how's deep. It, how's vibrato, it now? How's it? Now? That sounds way okay, better. Great. What did you do? I just did some magic. It's we, we don't have to let the listeners in, but oh, that's the voice. That's the go. voice there, right there. The there fullness. We go. There that we, go. we love. All right. Thank you, Pat, for, for figuring that out. So perfect timing because now that I am sounding at full power, it is time for us to preview this upcoming weekend, the weekend of Friday, February 10th, a.k.a. Super Bowl weekend, a.k.a. Valentine's weekend 2023. It's a double whammy this yes. year. Valentine's and Galentine's. hmm and Broilentines. Okay. Okay. I'm st- still working on it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know. Do you think Do you think this is a weekend where the bros 
have to get together to also see a movie. It, it seems I listen Super Bowls for everyone, but I think it's a little overkill if this weekend the bros are saying, hey, we got to get together, get the boys together to see a movie ahead of the Super Bowl. I feel like it's just the Super Bowl for the well, bros. Well, it's 21st century, of Pat. Course, and, of course. And, uh, you know, I don't, I think we can throw away all the old things that we thought were, you know, what's how society acted, how mm-hmm. we were expected, the mores. Right, right. Uh, we can throw those to the side. So I do think there can be groups of men going out and seeing films of course, this weekend. Of course. So that's true. That's true. Um, so... Uh, yeah. So then in that case, there's a lot going on this weekend. The big new release, the big one is Magic Mike's Last Dance. The, the third in the series, uh, the third in the, the currently a trilogy. I could definitely see this being a series that we get more of again someday. But for right now, this is the third one. Channing Tatum's male stripper opus. And this was originally supposed to be an HBO Max original movie. This was going to be a straight to streamer. And that's how it was produced. That's what it was ordered for. It was made under the auspices of being only an HBO release. And then the Zaz, David Zaslav, he came over, took over. He ended production on a bunch of stuff. But he did take some movie projects and take them from being HBO only to being theatrical releases. And at the time, we were totally in favor of it. He was taking House Party. He was taking Evil Dead Rise. He was taking Mm -hmm. Magic Mike 3, putting him in the movie theaters. And we thought, oh, what 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 a great initiative from the Zazz. He's doing it right. But then we had the House Party release. And that Mm -hmm. release was not a full wide, you know, super wide release. It was what, 1500 screens the most? Something like that, yes. And I think even with that, we said, okay, it's House Party. It's a kind of cultish franchise from the 90s. This isn't a gigantic property. So we could sort of kind of see why they weren't doing a big, big, you know, 3,000 screen release with it. They were going a little smaller. Surely Magic Mike 3. Now that is a big wide release. And now we're on the eve of Magic Mike coming out. We've got a theater count and they're doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. Clayton, I'm going to let you rant a little because you were coming in hot on this subject before we came in. How are you feeling about Magic Mike not quite getting the girthy release that everybody wanted yes these beefy meat men deserve a wider release Mm -hmm. this is opening in 1600 theaters oh boy just to give you a little bit of perspective there Mm -hmm. the titanic 25th anniversary is opening in 2,464 theaters. Oh, my God. A movie that's 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing about Zaz, Zazlov, is that it's great to put movies in theaters. It's great. It's great. You should do it. Mm -hmm. 
but the ad spend needs to be there. Yes. This movie, I saw one trailer for this movie, one trailer in the theater, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of movies. So if it's not even in the trailers in the theater, mm. that's bad. I haven't seen any commercials on TV that I, I mean, maybe these are networks that I'm not watching, but regular television, I've not seen any ads for this. And I only know this movie's coming out because you know it's going to be a Valentine's Day release, right? You know it's going to be a Super Bowl counter-programming. But I just don't know if a wide enough number of people know this movie is coming out this weekend. Mm -hmm. Because the difference between what Zasloff is doing when he's saving these films from HBO Max and Brian Robbins is doing at Paramount, with something like 80 for Brady, a movie that was saved from Paramount Plus, is that Paramount Plus got their muscle, their ad muscle behind that. Everywhere I turned, it was 80 for Brady. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pick up a quarter without seeing something on the street spray painted 80 for Brady. Mm -hmm. There was sky, I mean, I looked in the sky. I was trying to like look up and there's Skyriders, 80 for Brady, right? Of course, I'm being hyperbolic, but it felt that way. It felt you like could it could not everywhere. escape 80 for Brady. Every movie we saw in the last few months, what trailer did we see? 80 and for think Brady. was Book Club 2, and then realize it was 80 for Brady. It, it We saw that trailer so many times that we were o- able to overcome the idea that it was Book, book Club 2, and then we got it in our heads that it was 80 for Brady. Yes, yes. Right? We saw so much 80 for Brady marketing that by the time the Book Club 2 trailer does finally drop, my first thought then is going to be, oh, it's a sequel to 80 for Brady. Yeah, that's how ubiquitous 80 for Brady has become compared to Matt. I I totally agree. I have not in the real world encountered any promotion for Magic Mike's Last Dance. I have seen it, the trailer in the movie theaters, but I am a high octane movie goer. I see Mm -hmm. so many movies in theaters that I can't but help but have seen it. And it, it really is. This is a movie where the promotion is non-existent and it's just for the super fans. It's just for the people who heard about this from when the the deadline article dropped eight months ago that this was coming out in movie theaters. That that was the extent of the promotion for Magic Mike's Last Dance is when the trade coverage told us, oh, they're not doing it on HBO, they're putting it in movie theaters. And that was, you know, eight to 12 months ago. And to me, that doesn't really cut it for crossing over into the mainstream consciousness. And you've got a guy, Channing Tatum, Mm -hmm. who is hot right now. He's on a hot streak. Yes. He had dog. Yes. Yes. Right. Then, and that was was a a movie that we knew was coming out. We saw it everywhere. Yes. Yes. Then, Then it was The Lost City. Yes. And- did uh, over 100 mil? Yes, over 100 Huge. mil domestic. Dog did, what, that dog run was 40 plus mil domestic when all was said oh, and done? More than that, more than that. It, it's uh, and, and and he is, he's Mr. February, you know, because you look at the history of Channing Tatum, he's had dog in February, he's had the Dear John movie in February, uh, uh the, the, I know there's another big February movie 
that Channing Tatum has had. He is a, a, a guy who specifically owns this usually down month. He had the vow in 2012. Mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, the vow opens a 41 million. In 2010, Dear John opens a 30 million. Last year, Dog opened to 15 million. Mr. February, he's got a million uh, for dog 61 million in that dog run. I mean, this is a guy who is at his peak in his peak month, and uh, the third movie in a popular IP that's what Magic Mike is. It is IP, and Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers still will not promote it, they still will not put it in a full 3,000-plus movie theater. So the scuttlebutt we're hearing, that the word going around why Warner Brothers is keeping the number of screens low is to avoid triggering certain payouts to profit participants because if the, the movie theater count goes above a certain number, then they've got to pay more to Channing Tatum, I would guess Steven <laughs> Soderbergh, maybe Salma Hayek. That is penny pinching to at its highest level. And and that is frankly disgusting because you are messing with the box office potential of what could have been a huge hit, but by not marketing it, by only putting it in 1500 theaters, Warner Brothers and David Zaslav yep. is going to make the Magic Mike franchise look like a failure when it could have been so much more, so much well, more. That is what the penny pinching is going to do is to make Magic Mike's last dance. And we're not preemptively making excuses, but it is just the way it is. Zaslav is going to make Magic Mike look like a goddamn failure. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Well, do you... Remember when Warner Brothers was the studio that was artist friendly, mm-hmm. where it was the home of Clint, yep. Yep. where it was Ben Affleck got to direct these movies. Yes. You got our boy Bradley Cooper, yep. who yep. you know was able to do what he needed to do. You've got uh oh, oh the Joker director, your Todd, boy from way back. Not Todd, my, not my boy yeah. from way back, but your Todd boy from Phillips. way back. Yes, he had a home at Warner Brothers. Yes, he had a home at Warner Brothers, and of course, mm-hmm. our, our our dead horse. Yes, that we love to beat. Yes. Um, what was his name? Christopher again? Nolan. Christopher that, that Nolan. Is, that is what Warner Brothers is doing. It's taking these once gigantic filmmakers and making their names hard to remember because Warner Brothers has been pushing talent off the lot since Zaslav. And I feel like you're going to end up putting Channing Tatum in that position where he's going to be someone who, after this experience, is probably going to feel like Warner Brothers is not artist-friendly. They but listen. Don't- it's true, but we know what Zasloff is there to do, right? We know this guy is not the guy forever. This is a guy that's going to come in and cut fat, what they perceive to be fat, cut it to the bone, and then let him go with the golden parachute and bring somebody else in and say, listen, we're friendly again. That's over. That's over. 
I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, you would this, hope so, he's but the this bad is, guy. This, this guy's not, the bad guy. This is not fat, though. I mean, you look at Magic Mike. You look at Channing no. Tatum. Not an ounce of fat there. Uh, not an ounce of fat on on that poster. On any of the uh, anything to do with Magic Mike, there is no fat to be cut, and yet they somehow cut here, and I and I I, I don't understand it. Here, here's the thing: they took a bath when they did day and date all year during the pandemic, right? Twenty twenty because they yeah. they had to pay out the bum. Yes, yes. Two creatives because of that release. I mean, you got someone, and I don't know this for a fact, but you know, Denzel had that movie, right? Uh, the little little thing, things, yeah, the little things. And Denzel, I'm sure, gets a little taste of that back end. He's got to, right? A right. little, little taste of something, right? When a movie goes over fifty or whatever it is, and when he wasn't getting that, I mean, they had to pay him it, even if it wasn't going to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. They paid out the everybody for Dune. They paid out Wonder Woman 1984. Right. They were paying out the Wazoo. Right. And now they brought in Zasloff and he is doing these things. Like you said, he's keeping it under this certain point so he doesn't have to pay these people. I think it's bad for business. But what I'm saying is, is that it's all strategic. This guy's the bad guy. I, I don't the bad guy know. is going to be here for for uh, until they can right the ship, and then the bad guy's going to go away, and Mister Nice Guy's going to come in. I don't know. And if they're going to hope. I don't know if it's that simple because a big part of the Warner Brothers problem was the merger with Discovery. Discovery was a company much smaller than Warner Brothers. Somehow bought it basically by borrowing. And then when they finally owned the thing, they had nowhere near enough money to run it. You know, so Warner Brothers Discovery is a complete mess of a company now. They are just fully in debt. They've been borrowing money all over town mm-hmm. and they no longer have the money to do proper things like release a Magic Mike movie. I don't think it is just a case of. Zaslav playing a bad guy. I think this is a case of Warner Brothers Discovery is in such a financial disaster. Yeah, that and that's they are, that they are. And I don't think you get your way out of it by skimping on Magic Mike TV commercials. I think this is a bigger problem that might not just go away when they just fire David Zaslav and bring in a quote-unquote Mr. Nice Guy. This whole studio could be in major financial trouble because if you owe money all over town, eventually that money comes due and eventually the crowbars come out and the baseball bats come out and people get hurt. And then there's really no money to buy TV ads. Then there's really no money to put anything in any amount of movie theaters and everyone's got their legs broken. And I think but, that's what Warner brothers discovery could be on their way to is get their legs broken, getting their heads bashed in. And then we're in for a, a rough slate of Warner brothers, theatrical releases. Well, I think we're agreeing though, in mm-hmm. the sense that Zasoff was brought in to do these things, right? Well, he, he was, was there. In- He's the one who pulled this off. You know, he's the he was the discovery head who pulled this off. So he wasn't brought in. 
He's the one who's dealing with the mess that he made. He's the guy who borrowed the money. But what I'm saying is that the guy before him was the guy who said, let's do day and date all year round, right? Mm -hmm. Then he was gone and Zaslav was in. And with him, the idea was cost cutting, right? Right. But again, it's not Zaz. I don't I think it's so much more than just them dealing with the day and date stuff from the years. Yeah, I mean, before. I'm simplifying it, but what I'm saying is that that wasn't his mess. He didn't create that mess. Sure. That was a mess that needed to be cleaned up. And Zaslov is a guy that was brought in to clean it up. Unless I'm completely wrong here and you can say I'm completely I wrong. I feel like you're completely wrong. I feel How like am I completely wrong? Because David Zaslav was not brought in to do anything. He is the one who came, who did the doing. He's not a guy who was hired to fix a previous mess. He's a mess maker. Okay. So, hold on. So, I think we are... We're, we're getting a little off track anyway. Magic Mike, Last Dance... It's getting a small release, small-ish, much smaller than it should have gotten. And now that all that said, this is a movie with a fan base. This is a movie with a fan base that I think the, the super fans are aware that it's coming out. So even with this small release, even with this, this small marketing, almost non-existent marketing push from Warner Brothers. Is there a chance that Magic Mike's Last Dance still overperforms all of those those difficulties and has a good opening weekend? Because again, it's IP, it's a fan base that's there. Can it do better than the push that it's receiving from Warner Brothers? Well, I mean, I don't know if people know it's there. That's the problem, right? Number one, Magic Mike number one was a huge hit. Magic Mike XXL was a pretty large disappointment. In 2015, it opened to $12.8 million Mm -hmm. and then legged out to 66. But when you look at the original, Mm -hmm. the original was kind of a phenomenon. Right. Right. I mean, it opened in 2012 in June. Mm -hmm. It opened to $39.1 million and it legged out to 113. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, listen, Channing Tatum is big and resurging, but is there juice left in this IP? As much as I mean, because XL, I mean, to go from almost forty million to twelve in an opening, mm-hmm. and only four years apart. I mean, this that now is going to be what um, seven years since the last one. It'll, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean, the people who went to the first one are now officially middle age, right? But they may need this more than ever. You they know, the, may need this more. I mean, it might be a Scream 4 situation with XXL, mm-hmm. where it wasn't long enough between the two of them Could to, be. for people to be into it as much as maybe you're saying they're into it now. Well, here's here's what I'll say about, from what I know about this franchise, you bring up the Scream franchise, Scream 4 
was a movie that came after Scream 3, which most people did not like. And then it suffered, I think, at the box office because the last Scream movie at that point had been the one that people liked the least in the series. Mm-hmm. With the Magic Mike franchise, Magic Mike 2, Magic Mike X, XXL had definitely a box office downturn from the first one, but the fans of the series have really come to love that second movie. The second mm-hmm. movie is by many fans of the series regarded as a more fun, almost better, more beloved movie than the first one. And again, the second one had a big box office downturn, but fans of the series really like the last Magic Mike they saw. So I don't think we're going to have that issue of people turning on the franchise. The franchise, to the fans, is still very strong. And I think this is one of those movies that has had a nice life since the theatrical where people have really watched that second one over and over and over again. I do think the fan enthusiasm is still with this series. They haven't had a bad Magic Mike movie for the fans. So Box Office Pro is saying anywhere from 10 to 15. Their call is 12. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like especially for opening weekend, it's going to overperform. You know? I, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think we've had anything really overperform in a while. I mean, maybe we had 80 for Brady overperform. Oh, I think we've not, definitely had 80 for Brady overperform. But, but I don't think from the tracking, the tracking, we were low on that movie because the tracking was the tracking there. Mm-hmm. The tracking, it was within its tracking, that movie opening. It did not bust out of the tracking in a big way. We were just very low on it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see this. I don't see this being a movie that's going to overperform and get to 20 million or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I do think it's a movie that because of the lack of promotion and the low theater count is going to be mostly targeted at the super fans. And I think this is a series where the super fans are excited for this. The super fans are still on board with the series. They really liked the last one. Channing Tatum is still exactly looking and, and, and exactly like what the super fans want him to. He's still a major star. And this is the type of movie that there's a lot of opening weekend parties around the magic Mike. A lot of like, Hey, I, I've already heard of, of several different cases where people are renting out full theaters, you know, to go see this with their friends and that there's, mm-hmm big group, uh, uh, you know, ticket buying groups going to opening weekend. So I do think this is an opening weekend party movie for the fans and it could do 14 or 15. I think that okay. I, I think it's a slight overperform possible. I do think then after that weekend and the fans have seen it and nobody else really knows it exists. Yeah. Then it could drop off sharply. Um, but I do think that it'll slightly overperform the tracking because the fans are going to go opening weekend. I'm going to go 10 on this. I'm going to go double digit. I want it to be double digits. We need it to be double digits because mm-hmm. we can't have a single digit number one 
We don't want that. That would break Not the streak. Not this time of year. Can't break the streak. So I'm going to go 10 here. I'm very, very, uh, what is that, bearish okay. on this. And it's because of that promotion. Dude, it's people just don't know. People don't know. I agree. And it's and, and it's not like magazines are big like they used to be. And like he may be doing articles for Vogue online and stuff, but it's like people just skim past that on their uh, you know, in their news feed. It's just like not the same as I go to the I go to the newsstand and I see Channing on every cover. It's right. like people don't it, that's not how life works anymore. So right. even if he's on every cover of every magazine, who the hell would know? Right, right. And he probably isn't because even that kind of stuff is in some ways paid for. Warner Brothers isn't spending the money True. to to do the even that kind of paid PR push. They're just not spending on this. Listen, I think I think the thing that we're going to end up talking about on Monday, no matter what this opening number is, is that because of what Warner Brothers did, they tanked what could have been a breakout opening weekend. Because even though Magic Mike XXL was much lower than the first one. And the first one's a phenomenon. No, no yes. sequel was ever going to do what the first one did. It was Absolutely. just a unique phenomenon. This third one could have been bigger because Channing Tatum, as a star, is in a resurgent period. And, and they could have had a movie here that would have played off of the fact that he just had The Lost City last year, rom-com adventure movie that did over 100 million domestic open to... 25 or 30 million and that could have led to this one being bigger than the second one but they botched the opening and 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 and, and now it it just makes makes you feel like can Warner Brothers release movies you know i mean they their last DC I mean, what was movie their... was a bomb was black adam they released what elvis this summer Right. And then House Party, which was a disaster. This right. movie, which is going to be not necessarily a disaster, but a, a, an underperformer for what it could be. Like, absolutely, Pat, if you're telling me this movie gets the same amount of promotion as 80 for Brady, right. this thing's going to make more money than 80 for Brady. Right, right, right. Because we're, we're such, we have a lack of bankable stars right. to go see. And when a bankable star has a movie, People will go look at Sandy Bullock, look at Brad Pitt, right. look at Denzel Washington. Right, right. I I saw a stat that this coming weekend, the Gerard Butler film Plane mm -hmm. will be in more movie theaters than the opening weekend of Magic Mike's Last Dance. All right, Listen, and this we is love, the, this we love is Gary the, Butler. The fifth weekend coming up of Gerard Butler's plane weekend five is going to have more screens than opening weekend of magic Mike three. That is a complete failure on the part of Zasloff and Warner brothers. That is a disgrace. Yeah. It's a disgrace. I mean, they're like you said, they're in, they're in a lot, a lot of trouble. Now let's talk about somebody that's not in a lot of trouble. No, everything's coming up. Jimmy Cameron. Mm -hmm. We've got a Titanic 25th anniversary release. So according to many sources, this is a new four, 4K 
uh, remaster, I guess. Okay. Fixed it up again. And also a new 3D rendering, I, was, I guess. Okay. So that basically, you know, that's all technical terms for this thing has been uh, uh, spiffied up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, 4K remaster and another 3D conversion. So the last major re-release for this film was 2012. Mm-hmm. And it was Easter weekend. And it came in at 17.3. Wow. Right? And then the next weekend, $11 million. Wow. Now, it was released in in a a smaller number of theaters a few years later after that, and it made about a half a million dollars, which is still great, but it was only in 800-some theaters. No one's expecting Titanic to do 17 here. Mm -hmm. But earlier... Last September, I guess it would have been. Avatar, the original Avatar, got re-released, and it opened to ten point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's more so where people are seeing this. So you know, Magic Mike has some competition here with mm-hmm. Titanic because mm-hmm. this is a this is an all time movie. I mean, it's one of the biggest earners of all time. We know this. And it's a perennial. I mean, mm-hmm. kids, there's a certain age, you know, with when it comes to music, there's a certain age where every kid has heard Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Every kid. Right? Every kid. And there's a point where every kid has seen Titanic. Yes. Like these things are, you know, those kind of perennial cultural things that last. Right, right. And so. We saw this in real life when we went to a film around that Avatar re-release. It was late at night. We saw a bunch of teens and tweens running around, Mm -hmm. making a nuisance of themselves. And what were they going to see? Avatar. Yes. Because they didn't get to see Avatar originally in the theater when they were younger. Mm -hmm. So now they're doing it. Mm -hmm. There are, there's a whole generation of uh, and I think it's called Gen Z. Oh, wow. Last who didn't one. have an opportunity to see Titanic, mm-hmm. a seminal piece of filmmaking mm-hmm. for every generation in the theater. They haven't been able to see it. They haven't been able to see it in PLFs. Mm. And now they're going to get that chance. And I think they're going to take it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, with the Avatar re-release earlier in the year, that one is also a little bit of anomaly because it was part of the the enthusiasm for Avatar 2 coming out a few months later. Obviously, we don't have Absolutely. a Titanic sequel coming up that people have to, I got to see the last one, so I'm up to date before the sequel comes out. You know, Revenge of Rose comes out in, in, a, in a few months. The, the you know, so th- there's not that sweeping Titanic up. Um, I'm just looking at when the last big Titanic re-release happened in April of 2012, and I'll throw a little quiz at you. Do you know what the big movie was that also came out that weekend, the debut? And it was the uh, fourth film in a series. I'll give you that hint. Came the fourth out. F- film in a series? Yep, it was the opening weekend debuting against the re-release of Titanic in April of 2012. So this is a movie that came out almost 11 years ago. 
Is it a horror franchise? It is not a horror franchise, but it's a started as a teen-based franchise. I'll, I'll tell you that. Started as a teen-based franchise. Oh, is it Scream? No, the answer yeah. is it is American Reunion, the fourth proper oh. American Pie film. The fourth movie in that series came out all the way back in 2012. American that, Reunion. Oh, that, I, and, that's and crazy. That, that film that we all look back on as a bomb, the one that's ended the franchise, mm-hmm. even that movie debuted to $21 million, looked at as a disappointment back then. And but then the drops were huge the, on that. The drops were massive. It it only made 56 million total off of that $21 million debut. But that is what Titanic went against when it was re-released in April of 2012. Um so again, coming out against the long-awaited, you know, sequel of a of a uh, of a uh IP Titanic once again coming out uh, in a reissue against uh, a late series sequel. Wow! So little little something for the wannabe o boys, wannabe o girls, wannabe o people. People. Um. Yeah. I mean, what are you feeling on this, Pat? Because uh, Box Office Pro is saying six to eleven, and they're going with eight point two. They think it's going to be the number two movie in America. I. I'm not feeling a big overperforming here for Titanic. Okay. I mean, I think that, yeah, there will be some amount of people who are going to take the opportunity to finally see it in a movie theater. There definitely is an experience. I mean, it's getting, what, 3,000 screens or or over 2,000 screens? It's getting a much wider release than Magic Mike. Last it's dance. getting 2464 that yeah. is according to the numbers yeah um but I, I i don't feel like this is going to be some kind of big overperformer it's valentine's weekend but i do think it's going up against a good valentine's movie in magic mike a new movie so i think that will still be more of the the date choice for mm-hmm. couples, including for older couples who are fans of the original, or not the original Titanic, but are are Titanic fans, I think they'll. Are, are there still people alive that would be fans of the actual boat, the Titanic? Like waved goodbye to it, and so they have some sort of sentimental. I mean, if they if they do, you gotta get them to this re-release. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta whatever condition they're in, you gotta drag them out there. Um, I, I, I'm not feeling a big overperforming for it. I don't think that Avatar, you know, even though it's a big success for Jim Cameron, I don't think that really gives this any kind of big bump. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that uh, Cameron being at the top again really does much for this. I, I'm on the lower side. I feel like around seven million or that eight million makes sense. I, I don't think this is going to get to ten million. No. Well, here's the question. Yes. Do you think this beats out 80 for Brady? Because here's the thing we got to think about. Okay. 80 for Brady has the most screens of any film this weekend. Okay. So nearly 4,000, 3,912. But we must remember 
that there is a lower price point for those tickets. Mm -hmm. So even if more people were to see 80 for Brady Mm -hmm. than Titanic, they would still fall short. Mm -hmm. Those lovely ladies of 80s for Brady's Mm -hmm. would fall short because of those ticket prices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, Pat, do you think that the Titanic re-release will make more than 80 for Brady? I think it will. Because 80 okay. for Brady made 12 million last weekend, and mm-hmm. I think it will drop. Well, you know what? No, I, mean, I if guess not. If it drops not. 50, it's like six. Yeah, or I, seven. so then I take that back. I think 80 for Brady is going to beat Titanic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will. Um, and it'll be close. It'll be a squeaker, but yeah, I guess 80 for Brady could make around eight and Titanic makes around seven. That's, that's a right around where I see it. And I think that's another movie that eats in a little bit to the Titanic BO this weekend. Cause I think that crowd, if there was no 80 for Brady, some of those people might've said, let's go see Titanic. But I think a lot of those people are going to make the choice to see the new movie they haven't seen before 80 for Brady. And mm-hmm. do you think the Super Bowl, this being Super Bowl weekend, 80 for Brady is a football movie. Does that have much of an effect or people are just going to see it Friday or Saturday, or also they're going to see it Sunday because it's not the football aspect. That's really drawing people. Yeah. I think the thing that really drew people to that film was the camaraderie yeah. of women. Yeah. I think that's what brought book club together because that movie wasn't about books. No. It, no. The only thing that brought them together was the idea that they were reading 50 shades of gray, but it really was them interacting. I mean, right. this kind of, you know, we, we're always drawn to these sort of movies where it's, uh, friends till the end. Okay, you know those kind of films really resonate with people, and it makes you want to bring your friends to those. So I think that's the strength: is a bunch of funny women hanging out, having a good time. And so I, I think you know maybe there's a little bit festive, like let's go see eighty for Brady, and then we're all getting together for the Super Bowl. But I do think, yeah, I mean, I think all these people are still going to just watch the big game. Right, right. So do we think that the big game has any kind of a real... Of these movies, the big movies this weekend, which one does the big game have the most negative effect on? You know, 80 for Brady, Titanic re-release, Magic Mike's Last Dance. To me, the big game really doesn't affect any of them in any way you know if this was the opening weekend of plane i would say that's a yeah that's a rough plane go. is effed but i i think that all of these movies could do pretty fine sunday business against the big game you know what might be though the one that uh, maybe knock because of the young male audience. Yeah. I mean, let's just talk real quick before we get into just listing our final predictions. You know, Knock at the Cabin, disappointed last weekend. It's opening weekend. Since we have last uh, uh, been on air, I have seen Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. And having seen it, I fully understand why this movie underperformed. It it just was a downer movie you know, there, there's not 
there's not any big twist. It's not really a horror movie. And I can understand why not only did it underperform, but it's been falling off a cliff in the weekdays. You know, yeah, it was number rough. one last weekend, but 80 for Brady since Monday has been the number one movie every day during the weekdays. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that disappointing audience word of mouth plus the fact that it was male skewing and now it's going against the big game. Knock at the cabin is going to have a huge drop in this second weekend. Huge drop. But yes. listen, Dave Batista was great in the movie, acquitted himself well, showed he could be a dramatic lead. So it's still a win for him for his career. But the film was not really the genre, you know, fun genre movie that that I think maybe audiences were hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh now, Pat, do you want to do your top five? Are you are you ready or do you want me to go? Why don't you take this one first? Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So number one. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Mm-hmm. I'm saying 10. Okay. A cool 10 spot. Okay. Number two, you know, I'm going for it. I'm saying 80 for Brady. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to make around seven. Okay. And then I think Titanic re-release is number three. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to make six something. Okay. In the high sixes. Right nestled next to it, like it's going to be in the domestic and international worldwide charts, Avatar, The Way of Water, is going to be number four. Mm. And number five, The Puss in the Boots, is going to be number five this weekend with another small drop. It's continuing on. It's Let's see if we can actually do a Greatest Showman. By hitting 175, we'll see if it does it. It's looking like it could do it. That's my top five. Well, my top five is going to be very similar with one switch. So number one, Magic Mike, Last Dance. I think a little higher than you're saying. I think it could do 13, maybe 14. Unlucky 13. Number two, I agree. It's 80 for Brady. Number three, Titanic re-release. But... I'm going number four. I think that Puss in Boots is going to overtake Avatar Way of Water and get to number four. Avatar Way of Water is going to be number five. I think Avatar Way of Water is actually the movie that could get hurt the most by the big game. I do think that audience, and of course, that's an audience that's everybody. Everyone's going to see Avatar. It's one of the biggest movies of all time. But- if you were going with the idea that a younger audience and a more male audience is the strongest hold of Avatar Way of Water, and that that audience is probably the most focused on not just watching the big game, but preparing for the big game, mm-hmm. betting on the big game, looking for offshore gambling sites to bet on prop bets for the big game. You know, basically... Yeah. The whole, even though the big game is only three to five hours, they've got to plan the whole weekend around the big game. So I think these young male fans are the ones who will do big game related activities this weekend and not go to the movie theaters. And therefore that hurts Avatar way of water the most. And therefore Mm. it drops a number five. That's my prediction. Meanwhile, the kids, the rats, they're, they're, 
they'll check the scores of the big game on their, you know, on their uh, on their smartphones. They they're not going to really care. They're going to want to see this puss in boots in the theater. Nice. Now, Pat, um, yes. I don't think we have time to get into this now, but I do want to put a pin in this topic, and I do think we need to talk about it. Okay. It is the AMC pricing plan that they're going to be rolling out soon here in New York City. Okay. For different seating costing different amount of money. It's called the Sightline Initiative. Mm. And it kicks off this Friday. Wow. At AMC locations in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City. Yeah. That may have to be... That's a big topic. It's definitely getting a lot of debate on the internet, as everything does. But this, in particular, I think is getting a lot of debate. Do uh, we bonus episode this? I think we may have to, at some point, do a bonus and just talk about AMC yes. Sightline on its own. I, I think it deserves a a uh, focused discussion. Now, this weekend, you will not be seeing a movie, though, will you, Pat? You yeah, have no. family get-togethers. Ahead of the family get-togethers, tomorrow night, or when this drops tonight, basically Friday night, I am seeing Magic Mike's Last Dance in theaters. With tickets are bought with my wife, of course. Yes, okay. and and several other people. We're, we're we're we didn't rent a theater, but we are a group. We wow, are a group going to see people. it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Not including me. Not including you. No. Okay. No. Okay. It is. Yeah. It is several people. Uh, um, uh, multiple multiple people large enough to be considered a group, but no, you are not in that group. That is going I'm not, and I'm not invited. Not as far as I know. Okay. I, 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 uh, I could look into if an invite has been sent to you, but as far as I, I think know, you would know, I think you would know if, the, if the invite had been, uh, uh, sent to me right, or, right, right. Uh, or, or extended. Right. And I can tell you it has not been extended. Okay, great. So then yeah, I don't, I won't look into it. You don't need to. No need to. No need to look into it. Okay, good to know. Good to know but for sure. I also think that this weekend I should do some boots on the ground investigation mm-hmm. with this AMC because I am an A-lister. Yes. And according to articles, I am going to have uh, my pick of seats with no change in price. Right. So if I get the premium seats then I will not have to pay extra. Right, right. Which is another reason to get A-list, the best service there is out there subscription-wise for films. Yes. 100%. But I do think I need to do some boots on the ground and figure this out so that I can really get an understanding of how this is going to work in the real world before I weigh in. Because we won't get into it. We'll get into this on the bonus episode. But I was hot. Okay. I was hot. Okay. I, I was texting you, remember? Because I don't tweet because right. I'm smart. Right, right. Because if I was somebody who tweeted, I would have replied to a gentleman who was pretty famous. Okay. Who, who spoke out about this. Okay. And uh, they know who they are. Right. Definitely The audience listening. knows who they are. Yeah. Right? And I was pretty heated. Okay. But, you know, texted you. With some vitriol, right? Not aimed at you, right? Then I calm down, and I'm ready, right, to have a 
actual discussion and really try to come to terms with what's going on here. All right. So we'll get to that sometime in the next week or so. A yes. focused discussion on AMC Sightline. And uh, yeah, you should definitely do some boots on the ground reporting this weekend. Use your AMC app to go see a film. Mm -hmm. I would say perhaps Friday night you could do that because... Because uh, uh, I don't have, because I'm not invited to whatever you're doing. Right, right. You were, you managed to find that out, so now I know. Uh, I the I know for sure I'm set. free. I know for yeah. sure I'm free because I'm not invited to this this get together, this this filming outing. Right, right. Which is as far as I know. Again, I haven't looked into it, but as far as I know, you're I think not, as you're far free. as you know is all there is to know. Right. Which is that I was never invited, and I will not subsequently be invited. Great. So. That's that means you're free to do your boots on the ground reporting. Uh, listen, that's great. Best case scenario. It all worked out. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I think before we go, just real quick, let's just take a look at a another email that we uh, received this uh, this past week. So, from wannabeo person Chris here, we got a email subject line: parents mutiny. So the mm. email reads, what's up, guys? First time, long time. I had this week's episode with my dad in the car, and let's just say he took issue with the older people discussing concessions. He says, your perception of, uh, of older adults needs revising while he munches on his popcorn and soda. Maybe since all these kids are listening because of Puss in Boots, you should also be aware of older people. My parents are early 70s, and their favorite movies lately have been Ticket to Paradise, A Man Called Otto, and The Fablemans, big Spielberg fans. It's also great seeing the older crowd back in theaters because I wasn't sure it would happen again. You guys are the best. That's from Chris. So basically, we were a little, uh, I guess Chris's uh, dad is saying we were a little hard on the older folks when we were discussing 80 for Brady last week. You know, mm -hmm. we we basically made the case that the 80 for Brady concession sales were probably not strong because we yes. theorized that older audiences bring in their Werther's originals or they are worried about the effects that, you know, sodas and popcorn could have on their dentures or could mm -hmm. have on their, you know, how popcorn mixes with their medications. So we made the yes. case that the 80 for Brady audience was not buying concessions and that rubbed Chris's dad the wrong way when he was listening in the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to apologize because we, we don't apologize, but we do take in new information. Yes. And if pivot. Chris, we, we pivot. And if Chris's dad is saying that he does indeed go to the movie theaters and buy popcorn and he does indeed buy soda, and he doesn't just sneak in Werther's Originals, that's good to know. That's good to know. What I would love, and I'm so glad, father and son, listening to our podcast together, because yes. we're both suckers for that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. I don't know any red-blooded man who isn't a sucker for father and dad stuff. Right, right. And I love that they're listening in tandem what I would ask Chris's father, if this is something he'd be willing to do, mm -hmm. and have full transparency here, mentioned 
the movies that he enjoyed the most so far this year, right? Mm-hmm. Which was Ticket to Paradise, mm-hmm. Man Called Otto, The Fablements. Mm-hmm. If Chris's father, and he can dictate to his son if he would like to mm-hmm. do that, do that. Um, c- give us an inventory of the concessions you purchased during these films. Yes. So that we know what's the are you getting the standard popcorn and soda? Are you getting a little sweet mm-hmm. to the side there? Mm-hmm. Are you going full on like nachos right. or pretzel bites? Like what are you doing? Are you chowing down? Or are you going to a theater where you're getting a spaghetti dinner? Right. Like right. full on spaghetti dinner and a little bit of vino. Right. What is the situation here? Because you, sir. And I call you, sir, out of respect. Mm-hmm. Could be a great case study mm-hmm. for us, and and any other wanna be oh boys, wanna be oh girls, wanna be oh people, people. Mm-hmm. who would be in that age range. The oldsters, we'd say, what over fifty five. Well, the uh, an oldster is anyone over basically thirty two. So these are the mega oldsters, fifty five and up, are mega oldsters. Mega oldsters, yeah. The mega oldsters, if you li- if you're listening. Send us an inventory. Yeah. Date of the film, uh, where you saw it, what the film was, what you bought, yeah. what you consumed. Yes. Yes. This this would be helpful for us and then helpful for the studios and for the movie theaters mm-hmm. if they knew what the mega oldsters were eating at the concessions. So Because that's going to get more movies for your age group made than anything else. Right. 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 If you're really packing it in, they want to know that. Yes. Yes. If we could show that 55 and up, they're walking in and they're ordering a hot dog and nachos when they see a man called Otto, that's going to get man to greenlit even faster. Absolutely. So yeah, this is this is important information. And if you would be willing to share it, we will share it with our audience. Yes. Yes. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris's dad. Uh, make a case now that this is actually the new greatest generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that. And then we got another great email from Austin. And, you know, he, a lot of his email focuses, uh, uh, focuses on, you know, what Warner brothers is doing with this magic mic opening, the, the low screen amount, the low promotion, and he does uh, reference uh, Austin in his email. Does reference wanna be oh boy Bill Brasky, mm. and the fact that Bill Brasky tweeted, "quote Why is one of the most cherished and revered studios in Hollywood acting like they need to be out on the street begging for spare change?" Wow, damning stuff from Bill Brasky via this email from Austin. It's it's that kind of thing. That when you get Bill Brasky on Twitter starting to uh, compare Warner Brothers to a uh, a person begging for spare change, that's going to make big stars wary of working at Warner Brothers. Yeah. And that be- when that becomes the public perception of Warner Brothers studio, you're going to have a hard time getting movie stars to want to make their films, to ply their trade at a place like that. Now, in Listen, the end, if, yeah. in, in the end, Austin is very high on 
this opening weekend. He thinks Magic Mike 3 says, I think MM3 can pull out 15 mil for the weekend. Easy. And here's, this is, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you only get from Austin. He says, I quote, here's a really, really random comparison. But when thinking of the theater count issue, I keep coming back to 2012's Flight. That film opened in less than 1,900 theaters and still made $25 million in its opening. Look, that was 11 years ago and in a completely different environment. My point is, if you have an attractive-looking product, people will seek it out, end quote. So Austin's high on this movie. He's He's got the faith. But then you got Bill Brasky out there comparing Warner Brothers to street urchins, and it, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. It's t- and you know what? We've got that Oppenheimer Barbie showdown. If that is if that is going to happen, if you look at something like Oppenheimer, which could have been Warner Brothers, right? And if that thing comes out and it smashes Barbie, which I'm saying, I'm not saying that that's going to be what happens, but that's going to be a huge black eye for mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, right? 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 Because who knows? Barbie, uh, are they going to promote Barbie? Are well, they going to put their money behind Barbie? Well, Warner or is Brothers that going to be one of those Warner Brothers? Warner is Brothers not is doing Barbie. Yeah, it is. I did not think that was the case, but we're both looking it up now in real time. I did not think that was. I mean, I know Oppenheimer is Universal. Barbie is distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Wow. Wowie, so, wow, wow. Is that teaser trailer for Barbie the only thing we're going to see? Wow. Are they going to be so wow. broke by then? Wowie, wow. I mean, the only hope there is that with the Barbie movie, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. is just uh, 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 stuck in some kind of deal with Mattel where they have to spend X amount on promotion, where mm-hmm. Mattel just has them over a barrel. That is. Something I had been sleeping on. I, I, for whatever reason, did not think of Warner Brothers as the distributor for the Barbie movie. And that is starting to make me sick to my stomach. I think we've got to end this episode. Because yeah, yeah, you're going to throw up in a bucket. That Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach's Barbie movie is in the hands of David Zaslov's release proclivities. And that's what these are. These are proclivities that he has. Maybe that'll that get seventeen. Maybe that'll get seventeen hundred theaters, Pat. All right, I'm starting to feel ill. I got to get to the to the wrap up of this the episode. Toity. So email us at the boboys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. We love reading them. And so email us at the boboys podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Wanna bo intern christopher is killing it on twitter on our social media so follow us at the bo boys pod subscribe on youtube smash that subscribe button down below smash the like smash the subscribe give us five stars on apple podcasts leave us a five-star review write whatever you want in the review as long as it's five stars i'm feeling sick the barbie movie is 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 subject to david zaslov's proclivities i i clayton i got nothing left to say All right. I don't think there is anything left to say except for until next time. We'll smell you at the the box box office. office. Nailed it.